0: Three, two, one... Hello and welcome back to another off season episode of the Texas private school podcast. As always, I am one third of your hosting crew. Wes Tolleson Walker lot as per usual joins me from college station, Texas Walker. How's how's college station. Y'all are boiling alive down there last time. I oh checked. my goodness.
1: Yeah. I think it's like one hundred five, one hundred six right now. It's ridiculous. And you know, with that humidity here in Texas, it's not fun at all, but we move, we progress. We, you know, we keep moving and, uh, We'll see how it goes. I suppose I supposedly it's supposed to be even hotter next week.
0: So that's even worse. It's going to be crazy. Can you imagine what two days are going to be like come the oh, dog days of August? Couldn't be me. Could not Dude, be
1: me, man. I'm,
0: I'm glad those days are behind me that that that's going to be absolutely brutal in this Texas heat this year. So as for the agenda for today, we are actually going to preview the TAPS Division One teams. Me and Walker sat down, we did our research and we're going to go over that. But First of all, we do have to address something as a lot of people have asked us about it and it's only going to be exacerbated by this episode. These are not the guys rankings. This is a this is a separate thing that we do as a Texas private school podcast and further to that point we are not the guy. We, we have people coming up to us all the time at seven on seven on Twitter. And they ask or they they tell us stuff like we are the guy. We are not Texas private school football guy. Texas private school football guy is not any of us. We just need to make that really clear. And the rankings we're about to go into are, are not his rankings and his preview. This is our own thing. We are a separate entity. Walker, is there anything else you have to add to that? Because I know it's a it's a point of a lot of confusion for some people.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, we, it was, it's very confusing. And then, you know, he was the guy who brought us three together to make this podcast and we know we're much appreciative towards him, but you know, we've, after being doing this, what, for almost a year now, more than that now, year like we, we, we've we tried to do it more and create our own thing and do our own entity. And so uh, you, you, hopefully you've seen that in the couple, past couple of months that we've tried to be a, become our own thing, but you know uh, all the respect to him for what he's done. And, you know, Building the following, and I will say the previews he put out were really, really good, and he know a lot of effort went into that, so respect to that but um but yeah, I think we're just our own thing,
0: yeah, just to address that the we that he puts in his post that that is not us, we are not part of the collective we. The Texas Private School Podcast and Texas Private School Football guy two separate things. just want to make that clear, but like Walker said, y'all really should go read those previews he read um it's It's honestly some of the best information no it's the best information right now um on Texas private school football on the internet. They are very well done, and I'm sure it took a ridiculous amount of time but some some further housekeeping stuff from us before we get into the actual Division One preview. We actually, to further you know, develop our brand and to encompass what we really are, we're probably going to be going through a bit of a rebrand in the next coming months. I think we've mentioned it before, but we're going to transition most likely to Texas private school media. So if you end up seeing that sometime in the future, don't freak out. It's just more encompassing of what we do, because like I said before, We don't really like the name Texas Private School Podcast because we're not simply a podcast. You know, this is essentially a web series with all the production Walker puts into it. We're also photographers, videographers, reporters, et cetera. So the term Texas Private School Media, just it's more encompassing to everything we do. So don't be alarmed. Don't be surprised if you see that next coming months. The podcast itself isn't going anywhere. It's just a bit of a rebrand. Walker, anything else?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head for sure in that one, man. I think it's for sure what we wanted to do is just get bigger, get better. And I think this rebound will be a lot better for us for the coming months.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're very excited. There's a lot of things going on and we cannot wait to move forward and create more content for the betterment of Texas private school athletics. But with all the housekeeping issues out of the way, let's get right into the previews. Like I said, starting with division one, Let's just start with district one, since we're going in numerical order. Um, Obviously, some general information, there are two districts. There's the north and the south. A lot of people have debated over which district's better. Um, We all have our own thoughts. We'll get into that later. Um, Every team in this district will advance to the playoffs. So it's going to be, I can't do math. What is that going to be, 11 total schools that advance? I believe so, yes. Okay, so every school in this district is going to advance to the playoffs. So you're more fighting for seeding than anything in the regular season, which actually will make for some interesting developments because teams like Lynch that started slow last year that got hot in the playoffs. You could see something like that happen with one of these sleeper teams. But moving forward, we're going to start with the reigning TAPS Division One state champions, the Parish Panthers. Um, honestly, some just general commentary. Does any team come within 20 points of Parish this year Walker? 20 points. I'm not ta- I'm talking about in district.
1: 20 points. 20 points. That's 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 hard to say cuz they can score the ball and other teams in that district can score. That's not the problem, but that defense for Parish is it's disgusting, man. So it's going to be hard to score on that team to keep it even close. So I mean, a lot of those spreads, I know we don't we're not betting men, but a lot of those spreads will be around 20 for sure.
0: Brother, speak for yourself. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, really, I think 20 points is a fair spread to ask because we're not just talking about a private school football team or a good private school football team. Parish is something we have, in terms of dominance, there's something we haven't seen the likes of since Trinity Christian Cedar Hill back in, like, 2018. And be reminded, Parish beat that team in 2019. So they are going to be incredibly good this year. Um, yeah, they went 12 and one last year. They were seven and zero in district. They are state champs. Somehow, probably better this year than they were last year. Yep. Um, junior Caleb Mitchell transfers in from Desoto and instantly will be one of the best guys in private school. I know Walker. We've talked about that before. That is just crazy getting that kid from Desoto and how good he will probably be for Parish. It'll be very interesting to see. Um, I think another big storyline for Parrish, it's going to be sophomore quarterback Sawyer Anderson. Is it going to be a sophomore slump or a sophomore sensation? You know, after a tremendously efficient freshman year and an offer-packed summer, Sawyer Anderson has the opportunity to cement himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Um Will he use this talent around him to fly to new heights or will he use, or will other teams use the tape on him to exploit weaknesses? Walker, we've seen a lot of, of players in different aspects fall into a quote unquote sophomore slump. Do you think that's going to be something that affects Sawyer Anderson or do you think he's just going to get better than Lee was last year?
1: I, I mean, I think of it like this. It's hard when a whole team has to rely so hard, like so, have they have to rely so heavily on trying to stop the run because you have a power five Georgia commit and Andrew Paul on the backfield. So there I probably would, they probably a lot of schools were like, Hey, we'll let the freshman pass the ball a little bit, see what he can do. Cause we're not going to make sure we're going to try to make sure that Andrew Paul does not beat us by himself. In the end, a lot of times he did just do that <laughs> by himself, but, and also then saw your could dice up defenses like nobody's business. So, you you lose you know lose two offensive linemen you lose a guy that is going to have a lot of attention on and Andrew Paul, and you lose Blake Leungberg your starting receiver, and uh the Navy uh Villanova commit on the outside I forgot his name on the top of my head, uh but it's not like they're losing you know Cedric Mays who was there last year who was a really good player comes in to probably be the starting back and you know kind of that uh athlete role kind of like a uh. Uh, Malachi Smith over at SMCA West, and you have Sam Leo, you have Aiden Gilmore, you have Jacob Pequeno. Those three guys are going to be really, really good and probably one of the best offensive linemen lines in taps. You add in a guy who I think is going to be a really underrated steal for them is Derek Usbio from coming coming from Plano Prestonwood. That's a big-time loss for – Preston wanted a big gain and a guy that, Hey, that's your, that can be your target this year. And that's really, really good for Saul. You're interested and in having him in the summer. Now just build it up, build it up, build it up. I like also that chase certain from the 2023 wide receiver. I think he's really good too. So I think having those guys, having him, having some weapons, Cedric Mays will be a guy in the slot. If you need it, you can do that. All those out routes out of the backfield. He can do a lot of different things. So, I mean, you, you have weapons for Sawyer, So I think there's no reason for him to have the Sawyer slump to answer your question.
0: No, I I don't think it's likely just like you said, for the talent, the sheer amount of talent around him. You already talked about Aiden Gilmore. I think seniors, uh, Trey Williams and Daniel Demery are both going to be vital leaders to this Panther team. I mean, they're, they're old guys, they're experienced and they're very, very good as well. I mean, I think with I really don't, I don't see a weakness. Do you? Because I see, I see good offense, good defense, good backfield, good defensive backfield. And there's, there's senior leadership. They're not young either. So Uh,
1: yeah, like that shouldn't like, you should have a weakness. Exactly. If you told me, Hey, this is the weakness. I think you can get like five or six. Like, "Eh, I don't know about that. I really don't because you have a lot of different things that like, all right, defensive line. There's nobody better in taps than Parrish on the defensive line. Kayla Mitchell, Trey Williams, James Cave, Jalen Hall-Wright. Is, they're just dogs. Dogs, West Dogs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so then the linebackers, I like Seth Scott. Seth Scott. I like him. I know you're losing uh, the big what, Keegan Addison from yeah. last year. But, I mean, Bryson Blackmore is really good, too. The, the, even the DBs of him, Blackmore, uh, Daniel Demery and him like brother you we we talked about it right and we're like how in the world is a private school going against South Oak Cliff in Alito? and then you look at the talent you have and you're like wait a second they can compete compete. and this is not going to be like South Oak Cliff is not going to just walk in there the state champions and be like oh yeah we can do this it's not going to be that easy it really won't be and I I mean I could see them putting up a fight for real and uh there's, I don't think there's a weakness. There's senior, like you said, senior leadership and Daniel Damery, Trey Williams, other guys, guys who have been in those big time games too. Because there's a difference between you know just having senior leadership that's kind of been there, but having guys who've done it and then also played in big time games is even a step above that. So that's gonna be very impressive. So I mean, to answer your question, I know I say this long, no, I don't. Really see a true <laughs> weakness. I don't know how's their kicker. wasn't their kicker good last year, too? Yes, like,
0: yeah, they'll they'll be fine. They'll be <laughs> like, fine. I don't I'm know. Just, man. I'm just laughing because we're going through and talking about guys we like and we're naming Daggum near the entire team position by position. It's just crazy how much talent they have. I mean, we're gonna be a broken record, like you said, that game against South Oak Cliff. What is that? Week one or two, I think. Uh
1: I think it's no, I think Alito's week two, and then I think uh whatever I think uh South Oak Cliff is like week four I want to say yeah
0: I mean regardless that's going to be I really can't explain how excited I am for that because we will really really know how good Parrish is by the result of that game. oh
1: and I wanted to say I just remembered something Jalen Hall right on the defensive line is not going to be a Parish. he's going to be going to Rockwall Heath I forgot about that and so I just want to make that clear one guy I want to know because I don't know anything about this kid but I've seen the offers come about 2025 Parish guy who I guess was used to be at Preston Wood from just his profile. Parker Meese, the 2025 linebacker, 6'2, yeah, yeah. 215. I don't know anything about this kid, but he's been blowing up in offers-wise. So I need to watch his film and sit down and actually watch this kid. But I mean, looks the part, man. Um, that's a very impressive guy to add to that linebacking core. You know, we already said Seth Scott's gonna be there. They already have the DBs. Adding a guy like this. That's another yeah, cause, another cause, dog
0: because Parrish needed another athlete just to to complete the puzzle because exactly. why not it's just connect it's collecting the infinity stones at this point it's just it's absolutely ridiculous, but for the sake of not spending this entire episode talking about parish, i'll wrap it up here. uh Paris is going to have triple the talent of any private school squad they face in Division one, and they're going to have to absolutely implode not to coast and i mean coast to the state championship so We'll see. But that concludes our preview on Parish, And now we are going to move right into Plano-Prestonwood. Prestonwood with Prestonwood seven and five last year, four and three in district. And kind of the headline I have here is what will the post-Cunningham era bring to Prestonwood? You know, you lose um, an established, what, three or four time state champion head coach that we actually met at seven on seven, tremendous guy, super nice, but that's not the point here. (laughs) Um, It's going to be very interesting to see if there's any kind of a, you know, Rocky handoff of power or a shift that goes on at Preston with this upcoming season, you know, uh, senior quarterback of wire Martin is going to have to be the guy for the Lions straight up. He holds an offer from Arizona Christian. And I think he is a criminally underrated senior this year. I think he'd have better offers than that. I think he's a tremendous quarterback and I really do think he will display that in an overall weekend Division One this year. I know we just talked about how good Parish is, but I think the division as a whole has taken a step down in talent. I think Prestonwood's ceiling is second behind Parrish. You know, I, I do think they are good enough to compete in that district and finish second overall. Junior quarterback in Arizona commit Carter Stoudemire is going to be the best secondary guy in the state along with Demery. Uh, CJ Jackson also is a guy I really like and a guy to watch. He's uh, he's a speedy track guy at 510, 160. The dude runs a 441 and a 47.8, 400. I don't know how much 400 times mean to the general population, but coming from someone that ran the 400, an absolutely hellacious race in high school, 47.8 is ridiculous. That is flying. That is like, that is like, I don't know how good times are, but I'm pretty sure that could be a Division One, a Division One runner. Right. But he, he has D1 potential in track or football maybe for sure, but he's going to be fast. Also, senior linebacker Luke McGarry has a Princeton offer and is getting attention from Power 5 schools. Dog. So, dog as well. So, Walker, <laughs> Prestonwood, like I said, I think their ceiling is second behind Parrish, and that is no fault to them at all. I mean, no. they're going to be incredibly good. What do you think – of the Panthers this coming year,
1: yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think if everything works and Maguire Martin has like the game of his life, I think they're the only team in that division that could come close to Parrish, Right? They have yeah. to have the game because they have talent, and you know, Preston Woods always had the talent, right? I mean, losing Derek Usbio to and Parker Meese to transferring to Parish is gonna hurt them. And but the thing about it is, I, I might be sp- just speaking speculation. But that's kind of like I as a teammate going to a guy like, going to a team like that, that I would not like that. I really wouldn't. And so maybe they have that advantage to be like, hey, you know, we before they came around, Parrish became a thing. We were the dogs in that district. We were. And, you know, winning state championships multiple times, all of that jazz. So maybe they want to come in and McGuire Martin's is going to be one of the mo- most proving quarterbacks in all of taps. D1. He has the team. He has the guys around him. And they have guys. Coco Ishik is a really good wide receiver, and he was really good last year. I remember Ryan telling us a lot about him, how he played against Nolan. Carter Stalmeier says himself, I really like the Luke McGarry and Hudson uh, Hudson Lunsford, the 24 yeah. linebacker. Those That combination is going to be really, really good. So they have talent. And, you know, losing head coach is going to be a new program probably – going to switch up the offensive defense maybe a tiny bit just for you know what he wants at the head coaching but i mean i think they're a really really good team it's just going to be interesting to see how they do with that
0: you know yeah i agree it'll be interesting also i said uh i called them the panthers sorry i perished from the branch. the prestonwood lions i don't want to get clipped on twitter and called a clown it wouldn't be the first time (laughs) but yeah i mean i I agree i i think i think they have the talent around them to To finish second, I can't even really say. Can they compete with Paris? Can anyone in any private school compete with Paris? I don't know, but they're going to be very good. And if they play a perfect game, crazier things have happened. And like you were saying, they were Prestonwood was Paris before Paris was Paris. that makes any sense but they were (laughs) but i mean unless you have anything else to say just wrapping up preston would have senior heavy and this year it's now or never and is there any way they can dethrone parish uh probably not but it's you know there's a lot of good
1: 23 guys on that team but i'm excited to see some of those 24 guys come up and be upperclassmen next year uh caleb bowers guys like that hudson hudson Uh, I like him and just guys like that, who I think are going to be really good players down the line, Nathan LaPiri guys like that. I think you're going to be really, really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just hope, you know, uh, whenever I ask that question, is there any way they knock off parish and you said, probably not there. I there's probably a good chance. They're going to play that clip in the locker room for the parish game. So just, just, you're, you're going to be uh you're going to be fuel most likely. So I, that was a bit of a bait question.
1: Yep. My bad, but <laughs> Hey, yeah, probably not Hey. It's never, it's improbable, not impossible.
0: Nothing is impossible. Moving on. uh, Nolan Catholic seven Mm -hmm. and five finished last year going five and two in district following. I mean, what can only be described as a disappointing 2021 season, you know, it towards the middle of the season, you forget. I picked Nolan to beat parish. Nolan had the talent. It's just, they, they imploded from within. I mean, it's hard to overlook the, the crap shoot that evolved after Coach Bowden left. We literally made an emergency podcast on it. Um, the thing is, I have a lot of confidence in Coach K.J. Williams, their, their new head coach, who was their strength coach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I've spoken with him briefly. I've just seen the mannerisms he has and the way he acts on the sidelines and the command he seems to have of the team. I like him a lot. I do really think that, nolan will get going in the right place eventually with him at the helm the question is i don't know how long it'll take they're obviously going to have athletes but every one of the has got athletes so i don't know how that's exactly going to go but in terms of individual athletes they're most likely going to be led by senior quarterback cole matsuda and can the vikings go deeper than a single round in the playoffs that's always the question Senior wide receiver slash defensive back Antonio Hall will also be one of the best guys in the defensive backfield in all the state, along with Daniel Demery. Um, you know, they're going to have to step up Hall and Matsuda and provide senior leadership for a Viking team that has in the past. I mean, without mincing words, struggled with discipline straight up. Um, Walker, I just said a lot um, It'll be interesting to see how Nolan responds this year. What do you think is the outlook in 2022 for the Vikings? I mean, I'm my
1: thing is, like, they have a couple guys that are going to be really, really good. My whole thing is, how do they handle adversity? Because this will be the first year, right, that Nolan Catholic probably doesn't go in as the favorite or as the one or two best teams in taps to one. For, a, for the first time in, what, three years, maybe? Wow. And those guys who have been in that program, right, who were the 24s, the 23s, who have grown up in that program and now it's their senior year, that they're not the favorites most of the time probably going into the games. How do they handle that? And how does Coach Williams get them handled, ready for that? And because from being the guys now to maybe sometimes the underdogs, that's a whole mentality switch. It really is. And it's going to be interesting to see how, like you said, that senior leadership comes into play and be like, it doesn't matter. The games, it's a business trip. The games, a game. We got to put everything we have out there. So they have the talent. Their defense, their defensive backs, Antonio Wall and Winham are going to be really, really good. I like some of their offensive linemen. Shellman's really good. I'm talking to uh, Mur- Muraski. I believe his name is right. Uh, the other linebacker uh, lineman, he's really good. You know, he's having to put on pants and all that. Last time I talked to him. But well, they have a couple of guys who are going to be really good, really good. I'm intrigued because last year, right, when they had uh, Jeremiah Bledsoe, Cole Matsua, and TJ Williams, they, you know, TJ and Cole really were the guy, those two that kind of switched here and there for quarterback. So do they roll with Matsua again? Or they have 225 quarterbacks on this roster and TJ Hobbs and Carter DeVero who don't look bad. And do they get reps? How is that going to go? It's going to be a very interesting to see season to see what is the trajectory of Nolan Catholic? How do they handle that? And I'm just really excited to see it because I think if anyone can do it, Coach Williams will get them in check. And I think he'll get them on the right path to kind of overcome a lot of diversity that will come their way this year.
0: I agree with you. I think in terms of the quarterback situation and God knows I'm not a head coach and for good reason, <laughs> but I think it would most likely be beneficial for Nolan to as quickly as possible, select a quarterback of that group and roll with them. Because here's the thing you don't really, as Nolan, you have nothing to lose this season. That sounds really weird coming out of my mouth, being that it's Nolan Catholic, who's a power in this division, but this year they're not even, they're not really projected to finish like first, second, or third. So I say you have to pick your guy, and then go with them you can't do this switching guys in and out in and out all throughout the season i really think you have to pick a leader of this team and go i think that's probably your best option so i mean in terms of overall um i I don't know it's going to be a very interesting year and a very different year for nolan catholic to see how they respond do you have anything else before we move on walker
1: no but you know uh fourth only Catholic from a guy for that's been in like is from Fort Worth they've always been a program they've always been a staple in Taps D1 so even if they fall off this year don't expect them to just give up and quit they the, the school has the mentality to give everything they have so I'm really excited to see how they do this year
0: oh yeah and we were saying last year we remember we were kind of in the same spot maybe not as steep but we, we were asking, Nolan lost a ton of guys to transfers and stuff like that. And we were saying, oh, is Nolan going to respond? Are they going to be good? And for a while, they were pretty good there. So, you know, anything could happen. It'll be interesting, like I said, to see how Nolan responds this upcoming year.
1: I just want to say, can I, I want to put one thing in there? Last yes. year, if everyone stayed out of their transfers, right? Everyone, they would have had three D1 running backs on one roster. I forgot one that. roster. And Sergio Snyder, Kwan Lacy, and Amika Megua. Three guys, if they all were together. Now, transfer, you know, transfers happen every year, but, the, you know, the a lot of the guys going in and out of Nolan Catholic, think about how much talent they would have had if they didn't. I just, that's just, it's, it's intriguing to me.
0: That's it. Do you know how upset I am that Kwan Lacy left? I, i I found him on that team before any other media member or anyone knew who Quan Lacey was. That was going to be my guy and then gone. But I mean, I am happy for him. I hope he does very well. But it'll be Absolutely. I mean, I mean again, to see where Nolan Catholic goes this year is going to be incredibly interesting. Moving on to Trinity Christian Addison, 9 and 2 last year, 2 and 0 in their independent district, and all you can really say is they're back. Um, after a successful independent campaign uh, the trojans land back in a district hoping to fare better than 2015 through 2020 head coach steve hayes looks to have tca ready to scrap in division one Uh, in terms of the guys they have i really do think they have some great athletes um 25 offensive tackle jalen beckley he's probably the best guy offer wise on their team he has a lot of interest i know a and m is looking at him last time I checked. What is he, 6'5", 280? He holds a Houston offer. I mean, he he looks to be, like, the real deal. Walker, you can speak a little more to that. It's an offensive lineman. Dog. <laughs> dog.
1: He, you know, if you check his x-rays, right, and you, and, you, <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you get him in the x-ray machine, you look inside, <laughs> he has that dog in him. I, fr- I Like, just go watch the tape. Uh, his age and his size, it's very, very impressive what he does. I mean, he'll... He'll get the offers. I, I have no doubt in all that. He's getting the camp invites because, you know, a guy that size at that age, very, very impressive, but he'll put it together and he'll be really, really good
0: next year. Another guy I liked a lot is a senior tight end slash defensive end Luke Johnson, six five two thirty. Uh, He looks, have you seen any of his tape? Oh, it's really, really good. Really, really good. I like if
1: Simone Davis was not in taps D1, he would be the best tight end in, in taps without a doubt.
0: Yeah, no, I think I'll like to see how a tight end of his size matches up in a district that has so many good defensive backs. I think that's going to be something that'll be very intriguing to watch as the season unfolds. So keep an eye on on uh tight end Luke Johnston. More guys I like, senior linebacker slash wide receiver Chance Snyder, as well as senior wide receiver and safety Kyle Causey. Very quick twitch and speedy guy. I think those guys are going to be very, very um, good this season, and you're going to have to keep an eye on them. Walker, what else do you like about Trinity Christian Addison this season?
1: I really like Luke Dory, the 2024 defensive end. He, is yeah. a young, he's a, he would have been at uh, Dallas Christian, I believe. but Or wait. No, I don't know how it works. I don't know. I think the dories were at. Because he's the younger brother of Nick Dory, the offensive lineman at Dallas Christian. So right. I don't I think they're at TCA and then he moved over to DC, I think this year. That's I think that's how it worked. But Luke Dory, long, lanky, powerful. He's gonna be one to watch for, for, for sure next year. He's a really, really good player. It's gonna be interesting to see who they go at quarterback because uh Cade Trotter, I believe, was the guy last year. I think that's who it was. And yeah. but he followed, I believe, his dad to go coach at Liberty or not. Frisco legacy. So who do they have? Who's going to be the single card, uh, the signal caller there, uh, at TCA.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, that's going to be something that we're gonna to have to watch unfold. I mean, I do think it's very hard to have a solid team without an established quarterback early, but I mean, TCA is going to have to figure that out, but overall, I mean, they've obviously were very impressive last year playing independent I think they have a ton of talent. I mean, I think and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're a legitimate dark horse candidate in this district. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, I I think you saw how much talent they had last year and they're losing Marcus Schumacher, who I re- like I remember telling you, I think he's really really good. So yeah. that's going to be a big loss for them, but I mean, they got that guys. They really do. And uh I think if you find the right guy at quarterback, you have some weapons around them. You in the trenches, they'll be very good. In the front seven, they'll be very good. How do they? What are the weapons like? What are the weapons like? How is the quarterback? That's going to be the interesting thing to see this year.
0: Yeah, it will. So, I mean, we'll get into our rankings later. But TCA, TCA is a team that could finish in a lot of different spots in this district. I'll be very, very intrigued to see how they move as the year progresses. Moving on to the last team we have to cover in district one, that is the Bishop Lynch Friars, who went five and eight last season and two and five in district and found their way into a final four berth, even with that two-and-five district record. So obviously, Lynch underachieved in the regular season, but they really hit their stride, come playoffs, cracking the final four. You know, I think a big storyline is with the departure of Isaiah Schmidt, who will the Friars turn to as the leader of this squad? I mean, Walker, I think that's a big question moving into this year. Is there anyone you think off the top of your mind that Lynch can turn to to be the guy on this team? I mean, I guess I don't know, like. I guess
1: the offensive line looks pretty good, led by Zachary Curtis, the offensive lineman, who i really, really impressed with. So, I mean, I know you really can't turn to an offensive line, but, I mean, we saw it with Central Catholic last year. If you have a really good offensive line, they can carry you a good amount of time. So, you know, you can see it there. Um, Cooper Alford, the 23 athlete, is kind of a versatile guy, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he does it. Um, what I'm interested to see him play is John Paul Savant, the 2023 yeah. linebacker. He looks really good, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see him play this year. So a lot of guys, it's going to be very, very just. going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, no, Savant was very, very impressive when I watched him play Pius last year. I'm very excited to see how he turns out. Did you you mention Zachary Curtis, didn't you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Curtis looks really good at 6'4, 282. I mean, I think he's a legitimate division one prospect. Um, a guy that actually I haven't heard a whole lot of people talk about, or at least verbally talk about is class of 26 quarterback legend. Howell. I'm pretty sure you've seen him on Twitter, but I've seen him all over Twitter. He's very, very active on there. I will be interested to see if he, what he does in the high school level. I don't know if he's ready to get varsity snaps. I don't know. Really. Do you have any idea what, what Lynch's situation is at quarterback right now? I mean, Cooper Alford would be the guy who starts yeah. at
1: quarterback and he'll do whatever, you know, uh, he'll be the versatile guy, but he'll probably be the main quarterback. But I mean, when, if you want to use him versatile, they're going to be, there's going to be half the, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm just going Good. over my words today. You have to find another guy to throw him the ball if you want him to be versatile. So the legend could be a guy that would be that guy, uh, the second string dude, just in just in case, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I'll be interested to see how quickly he develops and when he becomes ready to plug into that Lynch offense. But, I mean, Lynch is an interesting team this year. I know we've used the word interesting, like candy, in the past, you know, few minutes. But, I mean, they have talent, but how will they fit in with the rest of this district, a bunch of other teams who are also good? I mean,
1: i mean I really jackson, don't know. jackson gathings is another option there at quarterback as well i mean yep. they have they have a couple of guys god's will gaty uh i'm i'm just gonna his name is god's will that's his name i don't know how to say his last name so but he's a tw- 24 running back that transferred in from tcch so that'll be interesting to see how he does because you know the biggest question is who you who who are you replacing with isaiah schmecky because that was that was your offense last year and he could be that guy next year the kind of replace uh, Smeky. So
0: hopefully so Walker, where do you think Lynch fits in within the rest of the ecosystem of division one?
1: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question to say, because I mean, I, I, I could see them being in the, from the third to the fifth spot. I think that's their range. I don't think they could be the second, but I could see them, uh maybe beating like a honestly i could see them beating uh Nolan Catholic this year in a wild one. I mean that that could be an issue you know but you never know you you really don't
0: know with this school. That would be crazy. Yeah that'll we'll have to keep an eye on that as the season progresses. But that actually will wrap up Bishop Lynch and that will wrap up Taps District one in division one. Now we move into district two which is a southern district and you know there's been a lot of turnover in the South from last season to now central the district champions uh, lose their big three in Silas Gomez DeAndre Marshall and Ben Rios St. Thomas loses Jake Wright and Cameron Price so the question I think and I think we mentioned this last episode as well who is going to step up and fill that power vacuum that is left by central and all the players from central and St. Thomas that made up that concentration of power in district two so, you know, just starting off with teams, why not start off with St. Thomas, who went eight and three last year, five and one in district St. Thomas, like I said, they rode the talent of Jake Wright and Cameron Price to a great regular season last year and looked to be a surefire final four team until Bishop Lynch had other plans. However, even with the departure of their primary contributors, the Eagles look like they are in a tremendous position to strike in 2022, thanks to some new blood. I mean, Walker, why don't you just introduce a few of the guys that we've been really impressed with on St. Thomas in the offseason?
1: Okay, so we talked about in the seven on seven episode, but the guy that we're most excited to see play is Dante Lewis, the 2024 quarterback. Very, very good and one to watch for sure. And he'll probably win the starting job, but they'll, they're still going to compete all the way to the first day of practice, like first day of fall camp, and through fall camp. That's, I mean, they're going to be competing three way. Um, three of those guys are going to be competing. I said that a lot, anyways. <laughs> but Dante Lewis looks like a guy who will probably win the starting job, and he looks really, really good. But even if he doesn't, the weapons they have you on the outside are very, very good. Twenty twenty three wide receiver Trey. Robinson looks really, really good, man. Another guy on the wide receiver position we talked about was Larry Benton, the 2024 wide receiver, 6'3, 6'4. Was just amazing there at seven on seven. Could go up and get pretty much anything he needed. So having those weapons on the outside, we you know we talked about them. Um, the thing about them, uh, they'll always have the out like they'll have the dudes, bro. They always will. And They have the athletes. They have the receivers. The coaching over there for the receiver position is very, very good. Um, I'm very, very impressed with that team, always with the receivers. Uh, One guy I think is going to be the best in his position in Taps will be Johan Cardenas, the 2024 running back. He will be the best running back probably in Taps D1. And I would have to look at it, but probably all of Taps. Um, (laughs) Very, very good. He will get D1 attention next year. Just go watch him play. He can be, if you need him to just carry the rock, he can do that. He can go on the outside a little bit, you know, some dump, just dumping to him on the routes. You know, He if you need it to him, he'll do it. And he's a very, very good player. And I'm excited to see him. On the other side, the defense is where, you know, they'll struggle a little bit because they don't have as many weapons and in the trenches. But I mean, Jackson Ward and Zach Rocha, the two linebacker positions are very, very good. And I believe if both of them were there the other week, they they put on a show, I thought, at that linebacker position in 7-on-7. Seven seven. So I'm very, very impressed to see how they do. And it, it's just going to be very interesting to see how a lot of these guys do. What are your thoughts, man?
0: Um, I mean, I think straight up St. Thomas has a good chance to be the best team in the South. I'm just not even mincing words. I think they're going to be incredibly talented. Um, You know, I think, I mean, with a depleted South, I'm just looking at teams. I think it could be St. Thomas's district to lose. I really do. I think they're going to be dropping 40 pieces game in and game out. That offense is going to be elite. It's just it's a matter of is the offensive line going to give if Lewis starts enough time for him to get the balls off as well as can their defense can their defense lock up adequately? But I yeah. think I think if the offensive line and the defense is is shored up then i think it's the best team in the south i don't know how you can argue with that yeah
1: i mean they have dbs they have guys they have athletes it's going to be who steps up and makes a plays this year one guy we remember we mentioned last episode was 2025 db grant stewart one yeah. that one to watch there for sure so they have guys valentine at the other wide receiver position i mean i'm very impressed with a lot of the guys athletes they have there it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and makes plays and wins those jobs on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. Very, very intriguing to see.
0: Yeah, it will. I mean, I think the conclusion here is that St. Thomas is going – has the potential to be a very good team and I think could be – could find their way in the state championship come december
1: but, i mean i think they're the team out of the south that could challenge parish i'm not saying they can beat parish i'm just saying if anyone's going to make it to the state championship and like try it's going to be st thomas i think
0: yeah i agree with you i think if anyone out of the south definitely st thomas but moving on we actually see the antonian apaches who went six and five last year four and two in district and they had a decent year in 21. They even upset the district champion Central in the last game of the regular season. With some of the younger guys maturing, the Apache should be poised for a solid campaign in 2022. They have 24 defensive lineman, Bode Ferguson, and 23 wide receiver, Ricky Gonzalez. So they have talent. They have young talent that is now getting older. Walker antonian is an interesting team to discuss for this coming season how do you or what do you think just of an overall outlook of the Apaches going into 2022
1: I mean it's going to be interesting to see because you know they've always been the team that like I've always had talent, and Ricky and Gonzalez will be probably one of the top five wide receivers in, uh taps taps in private school next year for without a doubt so they'll have dudes and they have dudes uh, it's going to be interesting to see because you know. Central Catholic went on a run last year, and because the team, the team in the uh, south, right, but they lost one to Antonian last year. Like Mm -hmm. Antonian, will always has that scrappy attitude. I think that, like, you know, they're never gonna quit and always fight for those spots. So they'll have some guys, and they'll be ready to go um i was really impressed with 2024 athlete rally strode he was in he was in the running for i believe underclassman of the year last year uh for us and he is one to watch he's just like hey you put him at db let him go to work you put him at receiver he can go to work there too so he's going to be one to watch like a versatile guy um but toscano playing quarterback and kind of cement himself as the quarterback maybe will be really good for them i think
0: yeah i think it will um I'll ask you again. How do you think Antonian fits in to Division One, specifically the South? I mean, there's a lot of turnover in the South. How do you think Antonian does with that power vacuum just opening up?
1: Um, I think with Central going not down, but like just they're not going to be. There can't be as good with losing three, four D1 guys, right? Yeah. So, they have a shot to maybe be that second team in the South. I think. Uh, with I think I think I guess I'll do my rankings. I think St. Thomas is up here. And I think you have uh, uh, Antonian and I think you have central Catholic
0: fighting for that second spot, third spot. I think that's how it really works. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably, it'll shake out. I mean, Antonian's going to be a team to watch. It's it's, they have a lot of different guys that can fit into a lot of different places. I do think that they have a good chance to put up a good fight in the Southern division. Moving on, since we just mentioned them, we'll cover them now. Central Catholic, Went 10 and 3 last year, tremendous regular season going 5 and 1 in district. Champions of the South in 2021. Central should have their work cut out for them this season. Uh, replacing three D1 players on offense will be difficult, but the Buttons will have SMU commit Braden Flowers to rely on. I specifically remember last year seeing a video of Braden Flowers, number one, hurdling a man. And also, I caught a video of Braden Flowers mossing three separate St. Pius receivers. That dude, that dude didn't just like trip into an SMU offer. That dude is legit dog. Dog. He is a dog. But I mean, Walker, I mean, before we get into anything else, just talk about uh, Braden Flowers. He's such an impressive player. What do you think he can bring to Central Catholic this upcoming year?
1: I think the biggest thing is he's going to be versatile. I think that's going to be the biggest thing from him. Because if you need him on offense, I mean, Ryan Perez is going to be a starting kid over there now, probably at the quarterback position. You, He needs a guy he can go up and throw it to, and he will be that guy. Braden Flowers yeah. will be a mismatch for any team, any any time, any place. Dog. But the thing was going to be most impressive is what they did with the other two offensive linemen, with Marshall and uh, Ben Rios last year. They'll, he'll go play defensive side, and I think that will be where he'll play his college ball, is defensive end. Yeah. But Brandon Flowers is a also a really good defensive end, and he will cause havoc from opposing teams next year. It will be very, very scary for a lot of the teams having to face him, and then, like, those offensive linemen are not going to get a break with him coming on the field either. Like, it's going to be hard for most teams, and that his versatile game is going to be really, really helpful for buttons, not having to rebuild, but just having to take away loss of 4D1 guys
0: what is a button is that just truly that's not just like it's a snake okay well i looked that up on like google but i didn't see any correlation between button and snake i know the the mascot on the tunnel is a snake Is right is a button actually a snake or are we just making that up uh i don't know
1: i thought it was like a button it's like a kid snake a kid snake like a like a like a smaller snake not like a like a when it's like when it just got born
0: that's what i thought button button snake uh button snake button snakes are no that's a that's an actual button um i don't i don't think there's any correlation between button snake Um, well uh then i don't know well if anyone from central is watching and wants to explain what a button is why it's your mascot and why there's also a snake on your tunnel that'd be very beneficial
1: okay got it counting the buttons on a rattlesnake's rattle is not like is like you know like when you look at a rattlesnake's rattle there's buttons on it so maybe Uh that's what it means like when it rattles
0: dude that's a reach
1: that is not a reach yes it is a reach that is not a reach why why would you just make your mascot the snake because buttons is so much cooler that's a
0: cooler mascot name i don't i don't think it is Time. regardless regardless <laughs> before we before we spend another 10 minutes on this like pit vipers or saint migos I, I regret spending that much time on that we're going to move farther um walker if i was going to bring up another guy from central catholic who do you think it would be so
1: i will say ryan perez will be the quarterback there and it's gonna be interesting to see he has a baseball background so he'll have the arm he's the pitcher but he was the receiver last year so i think silas gomez will have like. Silas Gomez probably taught him a lot, so I don't think the. It, it watching his film earlier today, he's it, he moves a lot like Silas, and he has a good arm. So it'll be. I didn't get a lot because you know Silas was the main dude, but he yeah. is a good player, and he'll be really good. The offensive line be, led by Kyle Wilson and Nick Hughes are going to be really, really good. And you know how you lose two D one guys, and then the offensive line still be really good is very impressive, and that just stands alone to how good Central Catholic is. But those guys are going to be really, really the starting guys. Uh, I believe also the other Jude Locklin or Jude Lockin is uh, transferred from Siblo Steel will come in as the third offensive lineman. And that thing, 6 1, really good player, plays more to the center role. So he'll probably start there. Nick Hughes, the offensive lineman, uh, the 2024 offensive lineman, looks really, really good at 6 4. Uh, moves really good, really athletic, moves with, well with his hands. Kyle Wilson also is really good with his hands. Uh, but those guys are going to be really, really good. And I have to mention Caleb Harrison, the, the yep. defensive back linebacker. Like, every time against All, all Saints, when I watched him, he just – he has a knack of just being in the right place at the right time. And that's what you need in a defensive player like him. Just when he needs to be there, he'll make the play. He'll make – what he just is a really good player, and he's one to watch next year just to play whatever he needs to and is a good player, does technique right. I really like his game.
0: I'm big fan of him. You know, the more that I talk about Central, the more that I talk myself into liking them this upcoming season, you know, it's – there's going to be a lot of uncertainty going into this season. Yep. Um, I think a big storyline is going to be how Central can fit into that puzzle. You know, I, I say after literally everything, this will be interesting, but it will be. I mean, you have to keep an eye on Central and see how they slot themselves into the conversation once we look back and three, four district games have gone by.
1: Right. I want to. I, I. I know we're trying to go fast, but I want to say, you know, Jackson Deason was. Silas Gomez says, dude, right? Hey, throw it up. Jackson Deeson's there. He came in this, came the last year and came in and dominated. Who's that guy for Ryan Perez? That's gonna be the big question is hey, who's gonna be the receiver for Ryan Perez to throw to and just cause some chaos? And I'm gonna that's gonna be the thing is they have the big guys up front, Braden Flowers, Kyle Wilson, all those guys. We you know Braden Flowers will be a big weapon, but they're gonna need an outside threat without a doubt. And it's gonna be who is that
0: dude basically. It will be interesting to see who that is. However, that's all we're going to talk about for Central. Moving forward, Concordia Lutheran, four and seven last year overall, but four and two in district. Can Concordia rise out of the pack in 2022? They've been stuck in the middle or the bottom southern side of D1 for a while now. And it seems to be a tall task to overthrow the incumbents. Head coach, uh, the head coach, um, who is that? Is that Willie Amendola? Yeah, the father of. of he, I believe he is the father of Danny Amendola. That's uh, that's, that's not a bad pedigree to have, you know, captaining the ship, but I mean, Walker Concordia has been, you know, kind of stuck on this treadmill of mediocrity for a while now. I mean, do you foresee them getting off of that this upcoming season? I, I, I
1: don't know if they, I, I feel that's so bad. like media mediocrity, but I mean, uh, I don't think they're going to cause the St. Thomas's and the central Catholics of the world to cut like, to cause some harm against them, but I could see uh, them cause some chaos against, you know, the likes of St. Pius and maybe Antonian, you know, cause some chaos a little bit there. Um, Lou Lamar, the 24 quarterback will be the guy that, you know, try to make anything happen for that team. So I think might this not be this year, but you never know. And losing Tate Edler and Huston Yezak last year are going to be two big losses for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really don't have a whole lot more to say here. I don't think that Concordia is going to be bad necessarily. I just don't think they're going to be better than a lot of the teams that we're going to predict above them. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we we move forward?
1: No, uh, hopefully they can surprise us, you know, shine, like do some things, and I can hopefully can see some guys, you know, stead
0: up and show out this year. Hopefully so. Best of luck to Concordia this season. Moving forward, St. Pius X five and six overall, two and four in district last year, the traditional power has struggled since the departure of Grant Gunnell and company. And that was 2019. So the Panthers weren't exactly successful with a losing record last year and most likely need three wins in district this year to walk away content from the 2022 season. You know, uh, Pius has always been a fantastic team in division one. And now they're kind of in this weird place where they're no longer, they're no longer a powerhouse Walker. They struggled last year. Do you think they're going to struggle again in 2022? I don't think they're going to struggle, but I don't know if they're going to be the
1: best team in that division, right? Yeah. Or district. Sorry. So, because They've always had one or two guys who are going to be D one players, and one of those guys this year is going to be Aiden Allen, the twenty twenty three defensive end. I would yeah. just wa- I would just watch this tape. I can I see why colleges are going to be after this kid. Very very impressive, and having the receiving core of Jackson Mobley and Vincent Doucette, those are going to be big time weapons. And I I remember watching them in seven on seven a couple of years, like a year ago and being come out very very impressed with Vincent for sure. Um, but the thing about it is, right, they shared reps with quarterback, remember? And Kale Skinner, yeah. Kale Skinner is now transferred out to, I believe he's in the 903 area. So, Oh, yeah, he is. I think Pine Tree, I believe? I don't know. I think so. Shout but, out. Represent. Yeah. But now it's going to be, hey, Bryce, Bryce McKeon, you hear the keys, to the keys to the car, and let's see what you can do. And I think he's a very good quarterback. He makes the right throws. He's a really good player. Um he has the build. He has the size. Um, has the height. So he'll be a good record uh, quarterback for Mobley and Set to make some plays. I'm not worried about that. It's gonna be interesting to see who up front is gonna be have to ne- take the next step to be kind of protect him and make some plays. One guy I want to wa- talk about is Jonah Ara- Arazo. You know, I didn't really know about this kid before going into watching a film and all of this really good player man tall lanky and is this a safety out there and just makes plays just makes plays and he he's his you know track down speed of going from like the safety position to the line of scrimmage to make those places very very impressive sideline to sideline speed is very impressive he's just a good guy he's a tackling machine he's going to be one to watch this year
0: for sure yeah no i i think he will um again they like most of these other teams they have athletes and i don't think they're in a bad spot at all i think they have athletes to compete it just depends on to what extent can they compete there are other good teams in the south there are teams that are worse than st pius in the south i think that magic number is three district wins for them i think if they get three district wins they're content but again we're just going to have to let a few games go by and then really assess where St. Pius is going to be this season. I hope I can get back down there for a game or two. You know, they are fantastic people. And some of the first people to really like welcome me in when I traveled. So I greatly appreciate the community <laughs> down there. They'll, they'll always be some of my favorites for sure. But that is all we have for the Houston St. Pius Panthers. And to wrap up Division One, we take a look at Houston, the Village, 0-6 oh, last year, 0-2 oh, in their district. Uh, this should be interesting question, Mark. I mean, I, I've looked, first of all, the guy said this in his preview as well. Um, finding any information on the village is is virtually impossible. If you put a gun to my head and say, I need 15 players from the village in five minutes, I'm probably getting shot. Um, It's just – I. I don't know. I don't think there's a single place that they etch out a district win. I'm going to be straight up. Um, I've looked at the schedule. Um, I don't think they're going to win a district game here. Walker, I mean, it's what What do you think?
1: I mean, uh, you're you're probably right in that statement. I mean, we don't know much about this team. We don't know a lot of the guys on this team. I mean, it's just going to be very interesting to see, like, how they're able to perform because, I mean, maybe Tomball, but I think Tomball has uh, – at least I know Tomball has guys, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know much about village and, you know, hopefully we can get more information as the season progresses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're an international school. I'm kind of surprised they're division one. I. I didn't even realize they were that big, but you know, it'll, uh, yeah, it it'll just be interesting. One guy that we did see that we liked was 62215 linebacker class 24 Ryan Chang. He looked solid. He could be a player for that team. Outside of that, uh it, it might be a long season for Houston the Village. Walker, anything else you want to hit on on the Village? Uh no, not really. Okay. Well, best of luck to Houston the Village moving forward this season. But that actually wraps up our taps division one preview of the teams, and now we're going to move on into, I guess you can call this the the first or I guess the preseason Texas Private School Podcast Power Rankings. So uh, we're going to power rank. Well, I guess it's not even power rankings. So we're not ranking D one. We're just ranking we're just ranking the districts. on how we think they're going to finish? I mean, I think. if we,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, we could do that, and we could also maybe do some power rankings. while we have time. So, we'll,
0: we'll see how it goes. Maybe so. We'll just workshop this. Okay. So, it's really not the first Texas private School podcast power rankings of the season. You'll probably see that like week three or four when we have more information. Anyways, so, I mean, the way that we think it, the North is going to shake out, Parrish will most likely, well, Parrish will finish first. I'm not even going to mince words with that. It'll be Parrish followed by Plano Preston Wood at two, TCA at three. I'm looking at this and deciding if I like it. Yeah, I think Nolan at four and then Lynch at five. I mean, Walker, I think I I think that's probably accurate there. I think really the only thing you can well, I don't know, two through I think you could switch two and three and four and five, potentially.
1: I think you could switch three and four. Those are the three really I think those are like I think one and two makes sense. They have the most talent out there. Three three is the the three is the wild card because we haven't they, they haven't played against these guys. We're going off last year, which they did really good in last year. But like, um, and Nolan Catholic's losing a lot, so three and four I think is the one to switch to see how much Nolan lost. But yeah. I mean TCA TCA
0: Addison looks really good. Yeah, I think TCA could finish anywhere between two and four. I think they could finish in that two three or four spot. Like I said, they're the true wild card of this district. So. You know, I mean, we're not going to talk a whole ton on it because they're just kind of preseason rankings. But I think I think with the information we have, I think this makes sense. Right. Moving on to the Southern Division. Um, what we think, what are you going to say something? No, 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 no. You're good, okay. you're good. We think that Houston St. Thomas is going to finish first, followed by Central Catholic at second, Antonian at third, St. Pius at fourth, Concordia at fifth and the Village at sixth. That's what we think is going to happen. I'm looking at this. Um, I think potentially, I, th- you know, personally, I might say it goes Houston St. Thomas, then Antonian, and then Central. But there's also a lot of guys I like on Central. I think Antonian, you know, Antonio beat Central last year. Like we already said, I do think Antonian is better this year than they were last year. And I think they have taken enough steps to potentially finish second in that district. What do you think, Walker?
1: I don't know if I can agree with you on that I think hmm. that I think losing Ty Short and guys like that Sam Gerrard, um, I forget some other guys I'm going to the uh, who else transferred out or left. Uh, I just don't remember on the top of my head, but uh, yeah, Ty Short, those guys, I, they lose a couple guys who were a uh, college players, so that's gonna be hard for them to go back up. But I get what you mean, it's me, it's, 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 I mean. I think out of any of those teams, I think St. Pius could jump up the two somehow if they, hmm. if they get it all ready. I think those guys, they have the weapons. They have Aiden Allen. I mean, they have a couple guys that can make some plays. Ethan McMahon, we forgot to mention. the. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. We,
1: have them for, we had him for underclassmen of the year last year. I mean, those guys, like they're really good players. And they could make a jump to maybe that second spot or maybe third. But uh, I, it's going to be very interesting to see.
0: I think it will for sure. But I mean, I don't think there's a ton more we need to hit on, on that. Is there anything else that you really have to say before we wrap this up? No, I mean, I
1: guess if, uh, let us know what you think down below because you definitely will. And uh, we want that collaboration. We love to hear that. Um, if there's like a segment y'all want us to do, you know, we want to do it our own thing. Let us know. Uh, so let us know what down below, what you want us to do for these previews for the rest of the time. And, I don't know if if a lot of D1 schools are like, Oh, you didn't mention this, we might mention it in like a like a shorts or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see how we can do.
0: Yeah, we will. Also, I think I've mentioned this before, but we are in the finishing processes of making our own website. We're putting the finishing touches on that now. I'm very, very excited for what we can do there. I've already written an introduction article on that. I think writing articles on that is just going to be Something that takes our content to the next level, and I'm very excited for that. So whenever that goes live, that'll be txpsmedia.com. So that's another great way to support us. We will have um, paid subscription options. They'll be like $5 a month, something like that. But again, we're very, very excited just to roll out something else and add another you know, facet of the brand we're building. But, you know, all that being said, barring any additional comments, Walker, that will wrap up this episode. I don't even remember what episode this is of the podcast, but. 42? 42. I think that's episode 42 of the Texas Private School Podcast in the books. Look at that. We're just chugging along. (laughs) But all that being said, I have been your host, Wes Tollison. Walker Lott has been your other host joining me from College Station. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two,
1: one.